Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the city of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and this week we'll be checking in on the Sierra Vista Public Library with Youth Services Librarian Erica Merritt and Arts, Culture, and Education Division Manager Emily Duchon. The summer reading program is off and running at the library as we celebrate the animal kingdom with this year's theme of Tales and Tales. This year, in-person activities are back and we'll cover everything people of all ages need to know to start logging minutes, keep tabs on the latest events, and earn weekly prizes. And libraries are about so much more than just reading. As beloved centers of learning and important community gathering places, libraries are constantly reinventing themselves to stay relevant and find new ways to provide patrons access to vital services, resources, and connections that enrich their lives. So it's no surprise that the Sierra Vista Public Library found inventive new ways to serve our community during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll discuss what ideas may be sticking around for the long run, share recent news, and reintroduce folks to their local library, which offers much more than just books. So let's get to the interview. Hi, Erica and Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Hi, Adam. So this year's summer reading program kicked off on Saturday, and that was June 5th over at the Sierra Vista Public Library. Uh, Erica, can you tell us about this year's theme and maybe a little bit about how people can participate? Sure. So this year's theme is Tales and Tales. So it's all about animals and stories and stories related to animals. Um, they can sign up on the website, which is on the Facebook page, and I'm assuming probably on the uh, post for the podcast. <laughs> yes, we'll put that in the podcast description. This podcast comes out on Friday, but we'll definitely include it. And the yep. website for those who want to hear it is sierravista.azsummerreading.org. And they can also, there's a free app called Read Squared that they can also download and they can sign up that way. Sign up went live on Saturday, so um, that's available all day long. They can do that whenever they feel like. Um, and once they sign up for summer reading on that website, they can log their minutes and the goal is to get to 1,000 minutes, and that's for um, children, teens, and adults. So, so it's not just for kids. It's not just for kids. Um, we definitely encourage, um, if you sign up your kids, sign yourself up too. The nice part about summer reading is it's not just you reading books that gets you minutes. It's people reading to you, people reading with you. If your family listens to audiobooks in the car as you're driving around, that counts as minutes. Um, if you come to programs and we read stories at programs, that counts as minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a ton of ways, and it's not just books, it's magazines and ebooks. So there's a lot of options for getting their 1,000 minutes. Absolutely. And then I assume there are prizes and that kind of there stuff, right? There are. Okay. So if you log minutes during the week, and you don't have to log them right as you read them, you can wait a day or two and then just dump a bunch of minutes in if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, and every week, for anybody that's logged minutes, we do a weekly raffle, and that is for all three age groups. So we do have um, six weeks of summer reading, so there will be six weeks of raffle drawings. And then at the end, for everybody that gets to their 1,000-minute goal or over, because you can always go over, um, we do have a grand prize raffle that is also for all three age groups. Okay. Um, some really nifty little prizes, um, books and electronics and some toys. So a lot of different options. Um, and then there's a completion prize for kids and for teens. Um, and this year for kids, kids will get a book or two. And um, Culver's was very generous in donating um, a coupon to get a free kid's meal with ice cream oh, for nice. kids who complete. Yeah, that's always a good one. 
Definitely. So you're yeah. saying three age groups, I assume kids, teens, and adults? Yes. Okay, yeah. so so no no age restrictions, everybody can participate everybody. one way or another. Yep, kids is considered 0 to 11, okay. teens is 12 to 17, and adults is just 18 and up, so you could be... 18 or you could be 118. We don't really care. <laughs> you could be reading to a baby still in your tummy. Yes, oh, and that so cool. counts yeah. as mass. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever do that, Emily? I'm just curious. Um, not a lot. I thought I would when I was pregnant. I have a six-month-old, um, but not as much as you would think a librarian would. Yeah, you probably need to read on how to care for a child, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was reading more parenting books, I think. Yeah, definitely. That would count as minutes. There you that go. <laughs> we are doing reading now. Don't worry about that. We're doing picture books, but I was not great about reading to my belly. Uh, and then, uh, so the summer reading program, uh, we should mention, goes from June 5th to July 17th. So there's plenty of time to participate. Uh, but what is the purpose of it? I mean, I, I remember hearing about the summer slide, and, and I think it has something to do with reading test scores is where it, where it came from. Um, but in terms of, like, the mission of summer reading, I mean, why do you offer it, and why do you offer it to all ages? Do you want to take that one, Emily? Sure. <laughs> I'm a former children's librarian, so Eric and I have like just a ton in common here. Yes. Um, so yes, the summer slide is basically where kids regress in their reading skills. They're not um, getting assignments and maybe reading for enjoyment as much because there's not time set aside for it like there is in school. So summer reading really came out of that whole idea of giving kids incentives to read and keeping them reading so that when they go into the next grade, they're not behind where they should be. And then mm -hmm. also it's just a lot of fun. It also gives parents something. It gives them some some sort of assignment and, and some uh, scheduling time, if you will, of reading so that, you know, that makes it a little easier sometimes with the parents too if there's some sort of goal there for the summer that's not just a complete free-for-all. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I, I assume, you know, libraries are all about lifelong learning too, so no matter what your age, mm -hmm. it's never a bad time to, to start reading, try something new, and get introduced to local library right right and we also the some of the parents when they come to story time will talk to them and they complain about how they don't they don't have time to read their own books oh, yeah. um, and read for themselves and so for summer reading I'm like you don't have to read your own books you know you reading the kids books with the kids that counts as minutes for you too but if you want to say you know mommy needs to have some summer reading minutes too and you can just hide in your bedroom and read your own grown-up book that works too i like that too do audiobooks count too yes yeah. absolutely okay, yes. even a podcast i think would count wouldn't it it well, can it could wow. it could i you know it's all the honor system so i mean <laughs> and some podcasts are pretty highbrow yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Almost like there's it. some really good book podcasts out there so i would really be okay with I was always like so jealous of the kids that did summer reading when I was a kid because yeah. I had working parents and, you know, they were busy. They're tired. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember babysitting once I got like 13 or 14 and I was babysitting kids that were in summer reading. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally missed out on this. Um, you know, my mom just didn't think about going and logging minutes. every. I think it seemed like a chore. And so I think something good to know for parents is. If, if that seems like a slog, you could just come to the performer. You can come mm -hmm. to the free juggler. You you don't, and it shouldn't feel like a lot of work. If the, log, like work yeah. if the log's not your thing, just come and say hi um, and, and check out a ukulele. That's also an option. We also have a summer reading scavenger hunt this year. So oh, if you yeah. didn't want to log minutes, but you still wanted to get a little prize, um, the scavenger hunt starts today and runs through the end of summer reading. Um, and that is, you stop by the library to pick up a game board, mm -hmm. and 
Uh, the game board has a list of 15 businesses and locations all around Sierra Vista. Mm -hmm. And all they have to do is find the location, find the poster in the front window. The business doesn't have to be open for you to visit it. All the posters should be visible from outside of the building. Um, there's a magic word. Jot down the magic word on the poster. When you're all done, bring the game board back and you get a little prize. Awesome. That yeah. sounds like fun. And yeah, you're, you already mentioned some of the in-person events, but I know last year we had to <clears> kind of <throat> change plans and a lot of things due to COVID, obviously. Yes. So uh, it's super exciting to welcome back some of these in-person events. So uh, what, what kind of stuff do you have in store for this year's summer reading program when it comes to that? We had, well, Saturday we had Arizona Rick the Balloon Cowboy. We had a nice little crowd for that. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. We've got James Reed, who does a juggling show. Um, with a couple little magic tricks and some comedy. He's a good, um, he was here uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then the end of this month, we have Cowgirl Jan. And that program is geared more towards the um, preschooling younger crowd. Okay. And she does stories and songs and rhymes about desert animals and and cowboys and cowgirls. And she's a lot of fun. She's a very sweet lady. So we enjoy having her there. Awesome. Um, who else is that? I think that's... Then for the adults, we have a few speakers coming in. Okay. Um, so people could keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and uh, probably the best way to keep tabs on the latest uh, events and stuff popping up are to follow the uh, Sierra Vista Public Library on Facebook. Yep. Um, we definitely post most of that news there and uh, keep all the events updated uh, based on what's happening now. Uh, so definitely give the Sierra Vista Public Library a follow over on Facebook. Um, but yeah, as we're talking about gathering in the library in person, um, I wanted to kind of just cover what it was like to adapt library services to serve patrons uh, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. I, I look at libraries as places that are constantly being reimagined based on, you know, I mean, obviously physical books are becoming out of date just as the very, very obvious example. But there are so many, so many kind of exciting ways that libraries serve their communities. Um, so not being able to gather together makes you have to rethink some of that. Um, so, you know, were there any interesting trends? Were there lessons that you learned that you may still carry forward, you know, on a permanent basis? But um, I think either one of you can speak to this. We'll start with Emily. But, you know, what, what, what did you kind of take away from the pandemic? And what was it like having to you know, adapt library services for a non-in-person world? Hmm. Okay. Big questions. So. Yeah, big <laughs> questions here. I'm, we definitely had to adapt. And one of the, the biggest ways we had to adapt is to look at our budget and um, figure out how to put more of our funding towards e-books and e-resources because people weren't allowed in the physical library. And even though we were checking out books, it was done more uh, at with like a curbside type service and mm -hmm. obviously some people like that and some people don't so our circulation went, went down, way down but our ebook numbers skyrocketed of course as you'd imagine so you know putting some more funding towards those ebooks which are insanely expensive by the way and have all sorts of restrictions i won't get into that today but that's <laughs> well that's, i know being uh having audible that they have a lot of rights to different yes, audiobooks yes. and i assume ebooks are very similar they where, are. where they're almost like these streaming services it seems like they're all in these different little pots mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. the licensing restrictions kind of limit what you have potentially. Yeah, yeah, an ebook can be double the price of a physical book, and we only get so many checkouts. Oh, so there might be you know thirty checkouts, and then you have to repurchase. Mm-hmm. So it's it's quite a bit more expensive. But we also we kept the curbside service. So mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to pick up their holds, it has to be something set aside. We can we don't have the staff to just you know run around um, like a chicken with their head cut off looking for items. But if somebody mm-hmm. has something on hold, we'll just check it out and, and bring it to you. I think one of the biggest things is we started checking out the mobile hotspots for free so folks can get the internet at home and we have what almost 30 of them yes and we're going to be getting more they're a hot potato Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. stick around very long. They're all long. checked out right now, or at oh. least they were on Saturday, and there's yeah. a hold list for them. Yes. So which, and people can place them on hold. You know, I think that's something a lot of us just take for granted is free <clears throat> Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi at home. We don't think t- right. twice about it. There's still a lot of people in these um, deserts of information. So I think public libraries can definitely help bridge that gap. And then um, we were doing online programming like Facebook Live and mm-hmm. things like that, and we have set, kept some elements of that. Erica, did you... Did you want to talk about that at all? I still do. um, My story times are back in person, but Mm -hmm. we still broadcast on Facebook Live our Wednesday preschool story time. So that way anybody that can't make it in or isn't comfortable coming in in a large group, and the groups have been a little big. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some people are really excited to get back out. Yes, they were very excited (laughs) to come back. So um, for anybody that's not comfortable with that or just can't make it in because of normal reasons for not being able to come to story time. Um, they can still tune in on Wednesdays on Facebook live and watch that. And then the recording stays up. So if they wanted to watch it on Friday or Saturday, they can do that too. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Cool. And I think that's the only one we kept for, for virtual. For a while yeah. we kept some of the book clubs, which can be more um, intimate groups mm-hmm. on online, but we just, yeah. you know, you just don't get the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We and have some patrons who just aren't comfortable enough with technology yeah. mm-hmm. that attend the book clubs that that made, it didn't make it worth it. Yeah, you kind of lose that sense of uh, community, I guess, and that yeah. social thing you get. I mean, I'm yeah. so sick of virtual meetings personally yeah, after last year. I think right. a lot of people got really burnt out on it. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. We do have um, our Teachers of Nature program that we have over the summer. We're doing three sessions of those. Um, that one is virtual, but people will come to the library and sit in the meeting room, mm-hmm. and we'll have it broadcast on the TV in the meeting room. Okay. So that way we can still gather together and talk about it, but we'll watch it on the TV, and it'll be live, and it's with zoologists and zoo employees and stuff talking about animals. Oh, that'd be cool. So it's kind of a, a hybrid, but they do need to come to the library for that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I know we offer a couple uh, different services uh, still as well that were funded through some special grants. Um, I believe Dial-A-Story is one. Dial-A-Story is one of them. Um, that was a grant that I wrote through the State Library, um, who's always very generous and offers lots of grants for librarians to fund things. Um, Dial-A-Story is a toll-free, or excuse me, a toll-free number. It's a local number, um, 520-523-5454. Um, and we do have posters at the li- or flyers at the library that have that on there. Um, and they can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and hear a story in either English or Spanish. Uh, new stories go up every Monday, so there should be a new story today. Um, I believe this week the story is different in English and in Spanish. I scheduled it, but I don't remember which story <laughs> is it. Last week it was me reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar in English and in oh, Spanish. The author of that just passed, right? Eric Carl, yes, say, he just yeah. passed away, yes. Um, that was one of the reasons I chose it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also chose it because it's an animal book and we were getting ready for summer reading. Makes sense. And because I could read it in Spanish and know what I was saying. So that was a plus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so occasionally it's a pre-recorded story that I just schedule and sometimes it'll be me reading a story. It just depends. Okay, cool. Yeah. And yeah. is there also a dial a calendar option? There is. Um, the dial a calendar is 520-523-5432. Um, that's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that has upcoming, should be the 10 upcoming programs. And so it automatically, I usually record the descriptions for at least 15 or 20 upcoming programs. And it just tells you the, the next 10 that are coming up. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that'll be available through the end of September. Um, the grant ends at the end of September, so I'm hoping to keep Dial a Story going. We'll see if I can can find the money in my budget, but that shouldn't be a problem. Cool, and then, yeah, another interesting way to kind of uh, move through a story is uh, the Story Walk, uh, which is outside in the Botanical Garden yes. uh, by the library. So uh, if folks haven't been to the library lately, which is understandable maybe, uh, you've been missing out a little bit on the Story Walks. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit? I think this is the last one that'll be up for a little while, but a little bit about the current one and then kind of why you guys uh, implemented that. That, um, so the current story we have out there now is the last one for a bit. We're going to take a break because we ran it mostly for COVID. Mm -hmm. um, the story now, I believe, is called Flutter and Hum. It is a book of poetry, animal poems. Mm -hmm. um, so it goes along with the summer reading theme. So if you walk through and read it, counts as minutes. Nice. Um, you get and, your steps and your minutes at the yes. same time. Yes, and it's that. in English and in Spanish. So that's fun. Um, and the artwork is really charming in it. It's got... Um, folk art inspired mm -hmm. artwork um and we did that just so um people would have something to do with the library still where they could be outside and with their family and and still have something to read um and the garden is still blooming a little bit i was just mm -hmm. out there yesterday um walking through and um some of the cacti are still blooming out there so it's really pretty out there right now yeah, and if the if the real plants aren't blooming, I've been seeing some uh, art pieces popping up on the walls out there. Uh, so maybe Emily, you can talk a little sure, bit about how happy. the uh, uh, Arts and Humanities Commission, I think, is partnering with the Cochise College Fine Art Club or something. Yes, Take it away yes, before I mess it up for I, this. Yes, I can speak <laughs> about that. So there's sort of two concurrent projects in the Botanical Garden area. Mm -hmm. And the first one is we call the bus stop. I We don't really know exactly what it is. It's no, just I don't more, know what that is. <laughs> we, we don't know what it is, but there's uh, this been this odd structure in the back of the library. I, it's some sort of lean-to. We yeah. can't... We, it was way before anyone's time so we don't know if it was like a mock-up of the library we've heard different rumors but the um, arts and humanities commission we have Zen Mar jen marie zelnick on that commission and she was like this would be perfect for the cochise college art club to paint it's just kind of a blank canvas let's do something with it mm -hmm. and i didn't really know what i thought of it i'm like oh can we not draw attention to that, <laughs> to that spot, please we have <laughs> we've yeah. had some interesting characters out there at times so i was like oh i don't know but you know what it is it is really cute it is cute yeah. there's you know d different facets to it one side has little succulents one side has a 
a sun. There's a constellation mm-hmm. part of it in Akatio. And it's just like a really neat backdrop. I actually saw somebody on Instagram, just somebody I follow randomly, do some uh, photos against mm-hmm. it and, and with some filters. I mean, it really popped. So it's just kind of a fun spot. In fact, we're going to stick a cafe table in there. Oh, that'd so be if, cute. You know, yeah. it'll provide some shade if people want to have lunch at the library. So that's going on. And I encourage people to, to just check it out. It's just a funky, fun piece. And then the Arts and Humanities Commission proper is doing a mu- mosaic mural project. They should be finishing that up actually soon. And that's like little, um, Laura Wilson calls them love letters. It's like little pops of color Cute. and I love yeah. yous all over the garden. So there might be little flowers. There might be a ceramic javelina. It would be really fun to go out there with your kids and say, what can you spot? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not always obvious. There might be a little sign over here. There, there's mm-hmm. um, coyotes and different um, desert-themed ceramic uh, tiles. So we're, you know, in an effort to consistently and, and bring more art and, you know, culture to Sierra Vista. That's that's something we've been working on. They've been working on. Yeah, we've uh, we've loved seeing uh, some murals pop up in the West End too, and uh, that's something as a city we've really wanted to mm-hmm. see is just bring more art into public spaces in our community. It just it gives that feeling of you know culture mm-hmm. that Sierra Vista really does need, and and right. you know it's great to showcase local artists and, and give yeah. them a space to work too. Yeah. So stop by and get a scone. Our cafe is yes. open Tuesday through Saturday and just lovely mother daughter mm-hmm. team that owns that and they have the best scones. And you can get a scone and walk through and wander spot around. wander around and spot some art. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's the same family that uh, owns the cafe cornucopia or used to anyway. Yes, and Bisbee. Um, yeah, and really they're, they're delicious very sweet. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so speaking of the Arts and Humanities Commission, um, during COVID, they ran a Art of 2020 uh, exhibition uh, submission period for folks to submit art that was created and then inspired by the pandemic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about that. I know they're still still in the planning stages, but they hope to do a, a public event sometime this fall, I believe. Right. So that should be the last weekend of September. I think we've solidified that. It will be the weekend after Oktoberfest. And essentially, it's going to be a day of performance art and then a day of um, these pieces. Folks will bring them in and showcase them. You might be able to talk to the artist and ask them about what inspired their piece, um, some food, some drink. It, it will just be a really nice way to it, – and it's not a contest, which is what I really like about it. It's just mm-hmm. a really nice way to see the talent in our community without it being a contest, which is sometimes really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, see what see what's out there. Every Everything from dance to writing to um, painting, you know, sculpt some sculpture. And we do anticipate that being off the ground and, and running the last weekend of September. Cool. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what people came up with because it was such, yeah. a, such an unusual year and so many, you know, different feelings probably people were going through. But you also had time on your hands to be creative when you might not have had to. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see, see what comes out of that. Um, I think so. So uh, the Arts and Humanities Commission is a city commission. Uh, That means it's a volunteer commission where uh, you can apply to be appointed by the council. Um, We have other commissions as well. And Emily, I believe you have two other ones that are currently looking for members. Yeah, so 
in our division, the Arts Culture Education Division, we have the Cultural Diversity Commission, which has one interested member, but we need five. So we really need folks who are interested in diversity in the community to apply for that. You can find applications on the website. And the other one is actually the Youth Commission, uh, and that is for teenagers, I believe 12 to 18. It's an excellent leadership opportunity. It gives them some um, civic and municipal experiences. It gets it looks great on a resume. And I don't believe that has any members or maybe one. So we need some youth applications. Absolutely. So yeah, find out more about the city commissions at uh, www.sierrevistaaz.gov. Just search for commissions uh, and you can actually find a list of vacancies and then find the application uh, if you are interested in joining one of those commissions. Uh, it's a great way to get involved in your community, learn a little bit about what's going on and get involved in an area you're passionate about. Um, so as we kind of wrap up here, I wanted to reintroduce folks who haven't been to the library for a while, who maybe just moved to Sierra Vista and haven't, haven't been there at all since uh, amid COVID, I imagine people need to catch up on, on getting to know some places in the community. Um, so I'm well aware that we do a lot of stuff beyond just lending books, um, but folks obviously still think of libraries as stacks of shelves with paper books in them. Um, so if you can, maybe just kind of hit some of the highlights of the stuff the library offers that might surprise some people. We have um, bicycles that we check out. Um, we've got a mostly two wheel, but we do have a trike or two um, with the basket on it that people can check out. Mm -hmm. um, and you do get a helmet with that as well when you check that out. Um, we have some discovery packs like a bird watching kit. Um, we've got telescopes. Um, we have um, some looms. So if people want to try their oh, wow. hand at, at knitting or weaving or whatever you do with a loom. <laughs> um, uh, we have some um, coding robots for kids that they can check out and learn how to code. Oh, how cool. Um, ukulele, a guitar. Um, pretend and play. Pretend and play. For the little kids. For, yeah, little toys where they can pretend oh, to be a park ranger yeah. or, or a dentist, construction or worker. Or a hairstylist. Yeah. <laughs> Got some good ones. Um, Me too. I'm trying to think. I think that's the hot spots that Emily mentioned earlier. I think there's some brain teasers or some, something. We have wellness kits that mm -hmm. Susan um, Abend, our adult services librarian, just put together. And that has some puzzles and brain teasers and coloring sheets. Um, and a couple of books in each kit so people can keep their minds active and and uh and something else i think people never think about is we have a great selection of video games yeah oh, they're yeah. free yes. and if no one's waiting for it it'll automatically renew we don't have fines anymore and everything automatically renews we try to make using the library as easy as possible because mm -hmm. yeah. i think restrictions are the biggest thing when people think about library and access and why they don't use libraries rules and <laughs> And, yeah, yeah. It's the old shh. Yeah, you know, the, um, we are mentality that we are not. That is not, not us. Not, at that is all. it's not us. <laughs> and we have all kinds of video games. Everything from you know for for adults to yeah. to kids. Mm -hmm. We have the mature and, and all the way down to the all ages. Yeah, it's a nice way everybody. with like your Nintendo Switch to try a new game and see if you actually want to purchase mm -hmm. it because mm -hmm. yeah, those purchases are a bit of a commitment sometimes. They are, and we do have some games for older systems too. So if you still have an older system. Hanging oh, around the house, and yeah. maybe you can't buy new games. If you're for like it. me, and you have an Atari. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think we have Atari games. <laughs> That's a bummer, but I don't think we do. <laughs> <Just Yeah. kidding. laughs> 
Well, that's super cool. Um, and there's also, I know, a bunch of online resources that people don't really think about. So if you are a student or just looking to learn something new, um, I'm sure librarians can help you kind Absolutely. of get familiarized mm -hmm. with everything. We, our biggest one that we're trying to get out the word out about is tutor.com, mm -hmm. um, which they can access through the city website um, on through the library link. Um, and that one is good for people doing standardized testing. So mm -hmm. the teenagers who maybe need to take the ACTs or SATs, it has test prep for that. But it also has test prep for the GED or for folks who are maybe getting ready to go to grad school. So like the MATs or the LSATs. Um, but it's also a great resource for anybody that's trying to find a new job. Mm. Um, it has job help where you can actually live chat with somebody and work on your resume or get help with applications. Um, the live chat is also for homework help, but of course we're going into the summer, so the homework help probably won't be too popular right now. Um, but that job help is really great because a lot of people are trying to um, maybe break into a new career or find a new job maybe after being out of work because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's been a while since they've written a resume. And Absolutely. so this is a great way to get some help from an expert. Awesome. And that's free with a library card. Yeah, and that's the same with the Borrow a Bike program. Yeah, All you every, need is your library everything card. Everything is free with a library card. Yeah, so there are awesome resources uh, just waiting for folks to, to learn about. So definitely, if you have not lately stopped by your local, uh, local library, uh, you might discover something new. Um, but thanks so much for joining us today. That's all I have for you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank Adam. you so much. So much fun. Well, that wraps up another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. As always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody.